National Geographic presents. What I'm asking you to do is dangerous. You need to take your time to think it through. No, I don't. What do I do? We can't save everyone. But if I don't try, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself. What are we supposed to do? Some stood by. Anything. You have to. She stood up. There has to be a line. Belle Pauli is meet geese. There has to be me for this to work. A Small Light limited series premieres tonight at 9. Stream on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Welcome to To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast featuring mountain home real estate broker Robert Martin, who has over 25 years of experience assisting clients reach their goals and move forward. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation with experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents that explores the ins, outs, and specific nuances of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home in Evergreen, Conifer, Bailey, and surrounding areas to catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're visiting with Andrea Osmond. Any relation to uh, Donnie and Marie? Oh, yeah. That's my aunt, my uncle. Really? (laughs) No. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. That's cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, Andrea. And how did you kind of get into the horse space and and, uh, that's how did that evolve for you? Sure. So my family moved here from the Midwest, from Chicago, when I was about six years old. And both of my parents grew up with access to horses. So my dad um, spent a lot of time on a track in Indiana. And then my mom jumped. And I have a sister who is 12 years older than I am. And they just wanted to raise me completely different than her, I guess. Um, So she graduated high school and I went into first grade and we came out here to Colorado. And the main preface of moving out here was that my parents wanted me to be raised with horses. So when I was um, nine years old, I started riding. And for my 10th birthday, I got my first horse and I actually still have him. He is now at least 32 years old and he still works and he's still with me and kind of rode through community programs available and then started in private lessons. Um, From there, I became very competitive in the dressage world through my teen years and early 20s. And then kind of took a break through college, uh, graduated from CU Denver in marketing and communication, and then tried my hand at corporate world and just kind of rode for fun and decided that that was for the birds. And I wanted, I enjoyed my barn time way more. So I started flipping jumping horses, meaning training and selling jumping horses and uh, with a local jumping trainer that I knew. And then I just kind of branched off on my own. And so I have owned Osmond Equestrian for about eight years now and been a professional horse trainer and a competitor. And I also give riding lessons. So my focus now is more on dressage, back to dressage. So I am a classical and Western dressage trainer. And dressage is, is a form of riding um, for the most part? Yes. So under the umbrella of equestrian, there's several different disciplines. So there's jumping, dressage, barrel racing, rodeo, all different kinds of cutting, which would be with cow work and that kind of thing. Yep. 
Okay, cool. That's great. That's wonderful. So you grew up in Denver. What was that like growing up in uh, in Denver? I actually didn't. I graduated from Conifer High School. Oh, you did. Okay, great. Oh, what was that like growing up in the foothills? It was really fun, actually. Um, just kind of something that I remember is, you know, there wasn't a ton to do up here then. Now there's more things to do, like the pinball arcade and coffee shops to go to and that kind of thing. But um, back then it was one grocery store and that was Safeway where it is now Staples and um, that center and down on the far end, more towards the Mexican restaurant is uh, where we loitered and we just kind of hung <laughs> out and that was our Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> if so we were not to- at someone's house, it was pretty rare that we would venture down once we got our driver's license, then, you know, we'd venture down to um, bowls to the movies and things like that. And then eventually Colorado mills. Um, and then my family owned a business in downtown Denver. So I was one of the brave ones that would venture to the 16th street mall and take friends with me and, um, show them the more of the downtown (laughs) culture, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. You had to be creative. Um, I grew up in a small town in Kansas and I know that, uh, we had to kind of create things to do. Um, and try to, you know, stay out of too much trouble, I guess. So first things uh, really got me out of trouble. I was that was really what most of my time was spent doing was I was at the barn. So my parents always knew where I was. <laughs> what was that like, Andrea, when you competed uh, and trained horses uh, in your past? So I was at the barn several times a week after school, taking lessons and practicing and then competing. I was gone a lot of weekends and then I was also Miss Evergreen Rodeo in 2006. So my senior year of high school and that summer I was gone pretty much every weekend at different rodeos across the state in Wyoming, representing our beautiful town of Evergreen, Colorado. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, they do have a rodeo every year. That's a that's a pretty big event. And it's a lot of fun to participate in. Father's Day weekend. Yeah, that's still awesome. Still in to advertise up. it. Come see our yeah. rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So you were also a real estate broker, and when working with folks with horses, uh, what's important to them when they're looking to move to the foothills? The usability of the land is going to be the most important and access to water. So we see a lot of wells up here that are inside use only, which means that they can't water that livestock. Um, so really, can we get those horses on flat ground for the most part or just slightly sloped pasture is also amazing um, and a huge benefit. But really, it's coming down to that usability of land. And with um, with the well, Andrea, um, if it is, let's say, household use only well, what other options might there be for a horse owner to continue with? It's a really nice piece of property. It's flat. It's usable. Um, so your other option would be to haul water in and keep it in a cistern to water your horses, which is a very viable option. And that's fairly common, isn't it? It is, Yes. So let's say I'm moving to the area. What services are available in our community? I mean, uh, boarding horses, different types of things. Um, what uh, could we expect to see uh, in our community or what, what's offered up here? So up here, there are several barns to board at, and there are several instructors or barn owners that um, kind of cater to different types of 
riding styles. So um, up on Pleasant Park Road, there is a facility. I believe it has changed owners of recently, and I'm not totally up to date on what their services are, but I believe that they are multidiscipline barn. And then also up in Pleasant Park is Amanda McCarthy, and she really specializes in cutting horses and um, ranch horse versatility. She also does other types of disciplines as well, but that is her primary focus. And both of those places have indoor arenas, which would allow for year-round Um, use of an arena because that's kind of the other thing up here is you're going to have your seasonal riders just because of the weather but at several of the boarding facilities up here there are indoor arenas which allows you to ride uh, year-round and then there's a couple other facilities off of 285 such as like Tucker Block and then I know that there's a couple more multi-discipline Uh, small, small facilities here in the Conifer area. And then over in Evergreen, we have a couple jumping trainers. There's a Grand Prix level dressage barn. Uh, Grand Prix is the highest level of dressage that you can ride. And a couple other multidiscipline barns up uh, Bear Creek. How does that work, Andrea, as far as um, logistics your horse stays there it's a base and then there's a fee based on that they feed your horse or do you feed your horse or is there certain different types of plans or different types of things you can participate in that way so it just depends on what each facility offers some facilities are self-care or if someone has horse property that doesn't own horses sometimes they'll rent out their property and it's a self-care so self-care meaning you're responsible for feeding watering um, daily care and cleaning of those horses and then sometimes in actual boarding facilities there is uh, a self-care it's called self-care but it usually just means that you're going to do the cleaning and blanketing of your horse but they will do the feeding and the watering however many times a day that they're going to feed and then full service facilities is where everything is included they're going to take care of all of the day-to-day care of your horse. And those that is a sliding scale on how much that's going to cost. And, you know, I can tell you down in the golden area, which is where my personal horses are currently, um, we are between mm, 550, 600 to 800, 850 a month per horse. Okay. Uh, and how common is it to people board their horses as opposed to having their home. I know it's dependent upon the property, the water usage, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. So a lot of people board. Um, I work out of Table Mountain Ranch and we have 90 horses there. A lot of those people live in up here in Evergreen and Conifer. Some of those people live in the Golden Arvada area and some of those people actually live in downtown Denver. So it's very common for people to board their horses. Um, It gives them the ability to have a horse, but not have the tied down responsibility Uh, that horses require every day. So um, most horses are fed, unless they're free feeding, most horses are fed two to three times a day, um, depending on your feeding schedule and your nutrition plan. And so having that ability to have horses at the facility, it allows you to have a normal day-to-day life and be able to go and travel versus having that tie down of that horse. And if you did decide that uh, you wanted to, have your horse 
at your house. What are some of the benefits of purchasing a home where you can also board your horses? So growing up, I had my horses on my property and I loved it. One, they were my alarm clock every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, Cheyenne was hollering from the paddock. Um, he wanted his breakfast and then same thing at night when he was ready for his dinner. And so just to wake up and look out the window and see your horse there is it's an amazing feeling and, and you get to know them so well, you know, exactly when they take their naps, you know, when they have the slightest belly ache and you're like, okay, I got to watch them, you know, just like a strange twitch of the ear, you know, your horse is so, so well, and you actually have a much closer bond not saying you don't have a close bond if your horse is in a facility, that's not what I'm saying, but you tend to have even a closer bond with those horses when you're out there doing that day-to-day care. Um, And then just to have 15 minutes between appointments, let's say you work at home and you take a short lunch and you have 15 minutes and you can go out and hop on your horse bareback and ride it through the property. Like that's an incredible experience to have. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like um, just the intimacy of being nearby. It's uh, more of a lifestyle where you can, like you said, if you have a busy lifestyle, which a lot of people, most people do, you have the opportunity just to take a, a short amount of time. And plus, you're really tuned in. It sounds like, um, you know, being close to your horses, you really know, you know, and you get to know them extremely well. I'm sure you do either way, but this way, it sounds like you're yeah. quite connected. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have a trail system that you like to ride on um, your horses or or is it pretty easy to uh, jump on like the state parks, the national forest, uh, Jeff Copen spaces, that, those sorts of uh, areas? Yeah, so Jefferson County open spaces or Jefferson County is known for their vast amounts of open space and trail systems. And horses are allowed on most of those trail systems. So down in um, golden there's the apex and they actually have alternative days so i think it's like odd days are only mountain bikes and then even days of the month are for horses and for pedestrians on foot so yeah it's just it's a really cool opportunity in jefferson county to have this many different trail systems that you can go on Um, several of those trail systems have large parking lots so that it's easy to get your trailer in and out if you do haul to those different park trailheads. And horses do always have the right-of-way on every trail. So everyone yields to a horse. Um, And I'll just take this moment to tell our hikers and our mountain bikers that because you are responsible for yielding to horses, just simply stop and ask the equestrian how you would like to proceed. And they will tell you what the best situation is to help you get past that horse as safely as possible. That's a good point. We all have... um different interests and hobbies and ways we like to participate in the national parks and trail systems. So it's always good to be respectful of each other, but it's also, it's also good to know that protocol too. Yeah. And don't hide or crouch down, just stand there just slightly off to the side and just ask, how would you like me to proceed? And they'll either just walk, you know, let you know, I'm just going to walk past you or go ahead and keep coming, whatever. And, you know, we'd all just share, share the trail systems, but yes, so many places to go ride in Jefferson County and other surrounding areas. Um, We even have a state park here at um, Staunton, which is an 
awesome place to go ride. So beautiful. Do you get out and do that very often? I have been up there a handful of times. Currently, I do not have a horse that enjoys the trails. Cheyenne is a little old in his 30s, um, who used to be my trail horse. And then the goofball that I have now, Hugh Hefner, he <laughs> arena baby. Great name. Great name. Yeah. So let's say uh, someone does not have a horse and they wanted to go on a horseback ride for an afternoon. Is that possible or how would they set that up or are there places they could go or contact? So the closest places to go for a hourly trail ride would be Bear Creek Lake Park or Chatfield, I believe, has a um, a riding program there where you can go out with a guide on a guided trail ride through those parks. Okay. You may have mentioned it earlier, Andrea, about to, yeah, how nice it is to have your horses nearby. But So what is your favorite thing about living near your horses or what is your favorite thing about having horses? Oh, man. I mean, horses just run through my blood. That's just who I am. I really don't know who I am without them. Um, They're my best friend. If I am having a bad day, that's where I go. I go to the barn. Even if I'm having a bad day and I'm fighting it, my boyfriend will be like, okay, you need to go to the barn. I'll see you in two hours, um, which usually <laughs> he knows you well three or four because barn time is a, is a real thing. You think you're gone for an hour and you're gone like three. So just having horses is just an amazing experience. I love spending time with them. I love riding them. Uh, even if I'm not riding them, just taking them out and letting them graze or brushing them or snuggling up with them. If they're taking a nap the other day, I got there and Hefner was laying down. And so I curled up next to him and just leaned up against his chest and his little nose was in my lap. And I just sat there and pet him for half an hour and just enjoyed our, our time together. So they really hold a very close spot in my heart and people who are not around horses just think, Oh, it's just livestock, whatever. But, um, horses and humans have a huge connection, which is a big reason why they're used for therapy. Yeah, that totally makes sense. If you're not around them a lot, it's probably a little bit harder to understand, but certainly in your description, it uh, makes it uh, certainly, you know, a very, very special relationship. So um, you shared a lot of good information, Andrea. I appreciate it uh, regarding the area and different things. Um, is there anything you'd like to add that I, that I didn't go over? I don't think so. Um, I think that pretty well covered most of it. So that's all I can think of. At okay. The Well, great. Um, So if people wanted to contact you, how best to go about doing that? Um, Yeah, so I can be reached. My cell phone number is 303-250-0809, or you can find me through yourjourneyhome.net, and I'm with REMAX Alliance here in Conifer. And then as for being a horse trainer, I'm located at Table Mountain Ranch, and my website is osmondequestrian.com. That's great. Well, thanks a lot, Andrea. I really appreciate your time. Tell Marie and Donnie hi uh, next time you see them. And we'll go from there. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about compassion. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, appreciate your time. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast. On the podcast, I interview real estate experts Colorado adventurers, and residents who enjoy the serenity and lifestyle of living in our mountain communities. 
Tune in each week for a conversation that explores the ins and outs of buying the perfect fountain home or selling your dream home and catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.